0: For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tashoma. You're listening to Daybreak. In today's special episode, Daybreak goes behind the scenes at Princeton Peer Nightline, an anonymous peer listening service run entirely by students. We take a look at its history, operations, and interrogate the gaps it fills in mental health care on Princeton's campus. Listen in.
1: I don't see any reason to think that high academic standards and the desire to to uh, achieve and, and be excellent is um, anything but consistent with strong mental health. We need to, you know, whatever
0: it is people are doing, we need to provide the right supports. University President Christopher Eisgruber sat down with the Prince at the end of last year for a wide-ranging interview. The quote you just listened to was from that interview. According to the Prince's 2023 survey of graduating students, 78.5% of students have considered pursuing a form of mental health counseling or therapy. Mental health care has been a long-standing issue on Princeton's campus, and the question of how to effectively provide care to students has been top of mind to students and administrators year after year. During the 2016-2017 academic year, three undergrad board members of the Princeton Mental Health Initiative wanted to execute an idea initially introduced in 2014, a peer listening hotline. Julie Newman, Kristen Park, and Shanna Solomon, all in the class of 2018, started to plan their initiative. In September of 2016, Newman sent emails to the listener for an opportunity to take training classes with contact of Mercer County the local Suicide and Crisis Nightline, in preparation for a new hotline on campus. By March of 2017, Princeton Pier Nightline, or PPN, launched with the chat service and phone line, operating Fridays and Saturdays from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Now in 2023, PPN operates Sunday through Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and 8 p.m. to midnight on Mondays. There's no longer a phone line, but the chat service remains active and can be found on their website, PrincetonPeerNightline.com. The chat maintains complete anonymity for both the quote-unquote chatters and the 11 anonymous Nightline workers on staff. The only public-facing members are the three directors, Luke Bunday, class of 23, Anushka Deer, class of 23, and Kat Cho, class of 24. I sat down with Kat to learn a little bit more about how the Nightline works.
2: VPN is just a volunteer service on Princeton's campus. It's completely run by students, and we just want to provide, like, A place where students could talk and just like express themselves without any fear of anything getting leaked or any judgment. Um, And how do you assure that space is provided? We just want to make sure all our volunteers are certified and they just know what they're coming into, what to expect and what we expect of them just as a service group. As leadership members, like our role is to just look over the chats and just make sure that everything's going smoothly and both the chatter and the volunteer is feeling as comfortable as possible. We just require that all members are certified by contact, which is the main organization of Mercer County, which is crisis and suicide hotline. So from there, they're like officially certified to be an active listener and to just volunteer in any like crisis or suicide hotlines. And then from there, we usually do apprenticeships for about one or two weeks where we just go over the Princeton specific guidelines.
0: What does a typical night look like?
2: I guess for everyone it's a night where they just spend time in their room for two hours since it is like an online service and it consists of just taking chats when they come in maybe like around 30 minutes per chat average and other than that it's a space where they could just relax or do homework as they wait for chats to come in. I wanted to see what a typical night looked like. I proposed the idea to Kat
0: and Anushka and they were on board. At 7.50 p.m. the next day, I arrived at Anoushka's hall. Shortly afterwards, she arrived and led me down the hall to her room, a standard University single. Sitting across the room from each other, I took a chair, and Anoushka sat on her bed. To maintain complete confidentiality for the chatters and nightline workers, I could not see the content of the chats on Anoushka's screen, nor did Anushka describe the content of any of the chats to me. Instead, I watched Anushka monitor the chat, occasionally asking her questions about the job. Do you typically just do
3: homework? Yeah, so depending on how busy it is, it's kind of like a do work, um, sometimes just like talk through uh, chats with the other leaders during this time or just, yeah, chill until you get a chat. How are you getting into the
0: um, other side of the chat? Because I can see on the website that you just click a link and you can like click to enter. Yeah. Um, what does it look like on your own?
3: Um, it's similar. I guess we just have um, an account and then we log in every shift and then it's like an interface. It's not the same, of course, as when you're entering in your like as a chatter. But yeah, you just can see when a message comes in. I would show you, but you can see names. So I like, can Yeah. Okay, so um, someone picked up the chat and now I'm my job is just to kind of supervise and look over the chat as it's happening, um, and give any pointers <laughs> or any advice to the like, volunteer who's going through the chat right now. Okay. And
0: is there like some of d- script that you usually follow or is it all just based off of what you learned in contact? <laughs>
3: really? Yeah, it's basically just like what we learn slash whatever the chatter wants to talk about. Um, They always come in with something usually to say, right? So it's more just stay up, getting them to open up and feel comfortable with sharing whatever they are going through in this, you know, anonymous chat service. So it can kind of feel like impersonal, but it's our job to kind of like, make them feel more comfortable in sharing their opinion or thoughts. Another chat? Uh, Just messages. So anytime someone sends a message, it kind of makes that noise.
0: How long do conversations typically last?
3: Uh, We tend to try to keep them between like around an hour. Usually they last less time, like half an hour to 45 minutes um, if it's an engaged chat. But anything over an hour, we try to start wrapping up so that we can be available for more chats if they come in. But we've had chats go on for the whole shift, sometimes even past shifts. Yeah, so really wherever the conversation is and how much time we would like to dedicate. Okay, so like that was one short chat, so that just ended.
0: The first chat ended after 12 minutes. Let's go back in time to March of 2020, At the time, Princeton-Pure Nightline was led by three undergrads, Grace Brightbill, class of 21, Linda Nee, class of 21, and Esther Levy, class of 22. When the pandemic sent the university community packing, Princeton-Pure Nightline continued to provide a listening space for students.
4: I, I will say it was really easy to move to being a virtual system because it was already entirely virtual.
0: That was Grace. I sat down with her and Linda. They're both now alums. I met up with them after a day working on the Hill and in med school, respectively.
1: Yeah, usage definitely increased during the pandemic. I remember Grace put together a PowerPoint at some point um, with all the data that we had from our chat statistics, and looking at it in number form was actually mind-boggling. There were a lot of times where we were short-staffed, either because of time zones or other complications and like our volunteers were going through issues of their own and we wanted to make sure that they were also prioritizing their own well-being. So handling that volume was really overwhelming, really intimidating at first. And I think they peaked I would say they peaked right when they, everything shifted online and they sent everyone home. And I think over the course of the year things kind of dialed down and a lot of the chats veered less they they focus less on pandemic related matters and more related to like matters that we've been seeing pre-pandemic. But I think the pandemic brought together not only like increased numbers, but also a completely different set of topics that our volunteers had never had to speak with chatters
4: about before. So a new, a brand new set of difficulties with that. We didn't know how to refer people when, like they brought up these different very new challenges that they were going through and a lot more like health challenges, for example, and just uncertainties about COVID. Um, And the freshman class was entirely different because they were all really concerned um, and having a lot of difficulty or a, a lot of freshmen were having difficulty making friends at the time. But then also we didn't have our normal resources to connect people with afterwards. And I think that was one of the biggest changes for my end, at least um, you know, if we did run into an emergency, like we would only ever reserve calling p for the worst possible scenarios where like, you know, someone is in imminent danger, but didn't have that anymore. You'd have to call like the actual police or yeah, it just, it, it became a lot more difficult with resources and then, yeah, helping people, connecting them with counselors was a lot more difficult, too, because you would have to find whatever was local to them or, you know, Princeton counseling s- staff was also really overwhelmed. So we ha- we did have a lot of repeat visitors, um, which is pretty normal for Princeton Pier Nightline. But um, I feel like a lot of people were getting a lot of their mental health care through talking to our counselors.
0: As Grace mentioned, the pandemic exposed strains on the Princeton mental health care system, PPN was an important resource during this time, and some students said they filled a gap in mental health resources on campus.
1: Yeah, just to add on to what Grace said, um, all of which I definitely agree with, I think the pandemic just exacerbated an issue that had already existed, was there was a massive gap in mental health resources because CPS is understaffed, and there are a lot of students who need that level of support. And I remember seeing... Even before the pandemic, a lot of students would come to us saying, I want to go to CPS, but I can't because of wait times or because, you know, it takes too long to get an appointment or whatever it was. And I remember there there were a lot of times at the end of chats, we would be like, oh, you maybe you should consider going to CPS. Like we would still make those suggestions. Um, and, and obviously we'd never be able to follow up on whether or not they actually did it. But I think it's like really evident even before the pandemic that there was an issue. And I think a lot of people were aware of it. And again, like Grace said, we are just students, but I think some of the issues that students are having require a little bit more support and more resources than maybe we were able to offer. Um, And that's where it's
0: really important to have CPS establish that long-term care. As students, Grace, Linda, and the rest of the PPN team aren't equipped to administer long-term mental health coverage. Yet, PPN serves an important role.
4: Honestly, I will say I think we brought, you know, for the fun conversations or the conversations where, like, someone was worried about fitting in or bicker or you know, any sort of academics and they kind of just needed like an older sibling type figure or like an older friend, then they could come and not be worried about like any of the interface conversations, not be embarrassed. And you can end up having such fun and just great conversations. And then sometimes you get even into like really deep philosophical stuff. It's definitely a little bit more of a free conversation, a lot more of an entertaining one when you do get a positive spin on it and then i think it also like definitely helps students feel more connected to be talking to another student who can really relate to them as opposed to just another adult like it definitely is a way to build some sort of community um, and give real advice instead of advice from like 40-year-old licensed therapists it was i don't know such a good unique tool that we had There are things that a lot of our volunteers have gone through personally or
1: know people who have gone through personally, and it makes it a lot easier to build that connection when you're just meeting the person to empathize with them. And I think for the students themselves, knowing that they don't have to go through the steps of explaining what all of these different things are, it makes it easier for them to open up and trust you as well. So I think there are definitely a lot of benefits to having peers be on the other side.
0: Still, beyond the pandemic years, Kat echoed the benefit of peer counseling.
2: There are a lot of times where we've actually been like, oh, I've actually been in that situation. Have you ever tried this? If it comes to like academic concerns or just like social concerns, just like, oh, I'm a freshman and I was wondering if there are any ways where I could meet people, stuff like that. I think a lot of us have been in similar situations or felt similar feelings to a lot of the people that bring their concerns to PPN. and. I just like how much more real it makes everything feel.
0: Back in Anushka's room, it was nearing 10 p.m. and the end of the shift. There had been a second short 17-minute chat close to the beginning, but silence through most of the time. Confined in the room together with nothing to do, we began to chat, touching on topics from Dot Hall, our takes on fruit and salad, to the TV show Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, I never finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I'm kind of sad about that. Uh, I would say like the last season is kind of like,
0: because uh, it... Let's see.
2: There's
3: always like a little bit of uh a time between because people are typing and then they take a while to respond sometimes, but it seems like it might be a a good chat. along Like a, a more engaged chat than the other ones, so we'll see.
0: The chat started at 9.44 p.m. and Anushka monitored. I checked in at 10 p.m. when the service was supposed to close.
3: Is the conversation still going on? It's still going on. Yeah, it's past 10. It is past 10. So we'll see. It's up to um um, yeah the chatter hasn't responded for a couple of minutes so we'll see
0: 10 minutes later anushka updated me
3: i think it's gonna end um because they stopped responding
0: and that was it for the night i left anushka's room and we both headed off to bed there were three chats in total, each lasting around 15 minutes. While according to leadership, chats are usually longer, at around 30 to 45 minutes, it was a typical night for the team. Though at times the work can be tiring or stressful, the PPN team genuinely loves what they do.
4: Yeah, I think this is definitely something that we both put a lot of time and a lot of uh, a lot of love into PPN, and honestly, really miss doing it because. <laughs> Nice. It was a nice way to be connected with people from all across the community um, and working with the best of friends. Um, and you, f- you kind of forget sometimes that other people are
1: going through very different issues and having very different anxieties. And PPN was a very great way to ground yourself and stay connected to the Princeton community and a wonderful way to just give back. So I had a lovely time doing it. I still, I, anytime anybody asks me about like fond college experiences that I have, I talk about PPN. It was just lovely working with such a kind and fantastic group of people.
2: I hope more students come to PPN. I know a lot of the hesitance of coming is like the possibility that a volunteer might be someone you know, or just like a lot of people are scared to talk about experiences such as this because- I feel like no matter how much talking about mental health in public or even private has improved, I feel like a lot of people are still hesitant to just release this vulnerable side. So I hope more people come to PPN and just try it out, even if it's just like for something that might be like a little inconvenience or something that's been weighing on their mind, like no matter how big or small.
0: That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by me, sound-engineered by me, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Isabel Jacobson and Vitus LaRue helped with reporting for this episode. Our theme is composed by Ed Horn, class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tashoma. Have a wonderful day.